0: that every word you speak matters. Are your conversations making a difference? With a passion for words and a heart for conversation, Teresa Velarde is a self-professed word nerd, best-selling author, BizCat 360 columnist, and publisher. Children's books as well as fiction and non-fiction books are welcomed at Weeby Books Publishing and Book Endeavors, the imprints of her company, Authentic Endeavors Publishing. Whether written or spoken, Teresa strives to encourage and inspire meaningful conversations that make a difference. Here's the host of Conversations That Make a Difference, Teresa Volardi.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Conversations That Make a Difference. I'm excited to be here today with my guest, Deborah Grenard. But before we get started with her, let's uh, share a little bit about when you can see Conversations That Make a Difference. We are live every Tuesday, every other Tuesday. No, I'm sorry, every first and third Tuesday. Let me check where I am. Anyway, (laughs) every first and third Tuesday of the month, and you can see all of the shows every Tuesday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern. And we have those shows on the first and third. They're live call-in shows, so you can call in or you can um, type your questions in at the YouTube channel where you can get to through Dream Vision Seven Radio Network. You can listen to us in your car, on YouTube, on your mobile phone, on the the um, the website online. And you can even ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. So get your apps. And I usually start with a prayer. So today is no different. We're going to start with the serenity prayer before we introduce my guests. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And it is by God's grace that we are fabulous, blessed, and highly favored, living in our greatness, using our gifts and talents, making a difference in the lives of others with passion and purpose, and all of God's great universe is conspiring in our favor. And we gratefully say, amen. Amen. So my de- my guest today, Deborah Grenard, has a master's in divinity, is an intuitive spiritual healer and teacher, and a chaplain. She's a longtime bodyworker and teacher in the embodiment practices of continuum movement and the art of feminine presence. Deborah combines powerful embodiment practices with spiritual teachings to guide and equip people to truly be the change they wish to see in their world. Deborah is the founder of the Community for Conscious Living and host of the Self-Care for the Soul podcast. She developed the step by step care for capital letters, each one standing for a word, uh, belief, and care for connection healing process, and is a co teacher of the Ocean of Sound program. That sounds so interesting. She's especially passionate about healing, helping people to realize how our daily habits and beliefs impact all that exists in this beautiful planet so we can each make choices that contribute to a sustainable environment and a peaceful world. Deborah leads a free weekly meditation and healing circle online and facilitates transformative programs and retreats online and in person. Deborah, it is my great pleasure to have you as my guest on Conversations That Make a Difference. How are you?
2: I'm great, Teresa. Thank you so much. And I'm very honored and excited to be here with you.
1: And I am honored to have you. So you have so much that you can bring to this conversation from your experience and your practice. Um, First, I want to ask you more than anything else is how and when did you start the Community for Conscious Living?
2: So the Community for Conscious Living, interestingly, was started about i think seven and a half years ago Mm -hmm. and i started it as a weekly meditation and healing circle and that i have kept going every week ever since then i've got a massive amount of recordings online Mm -hmm. (laughs) on my podcast and on youtube and on my blog um of healing meditations and you actually were a guest on one of those and led a process with gratitude and that was that was beautiful Thank thank you Yeah, interestingly, this quick story literally weeks after I started the community for conscious living I have I still have a a bigger vision for it than what it is but um but I love it. But re- literally weeks after a couple two or three weeks after my father's wife passed away. Oh. And my father at that time was 93, 94. He is now 101 and I um really could not bear the idea of him living alone and he had some health conditions and he actually wasn't expecting to live a whole lot longer so i dropped what i was doing and moved in with him and here we are almost seven years well seven and a half years past then and i'm still with him so
1: (laughs) yeah that's so awesome that's so awesome yeah redirected my focus yeah. And, and the fact that you, um you helped him to be able to live beyond what he thought was possible. And now he's 101 years old. God bless you. God bless you. It's,
2: it's been a beautiful so experience.
1: I, I, um yes. And I thank you for having me on your show and for anybody. Just so, just so that you uh, know my listeners uh, Sunday mornings at 11, is it 11?
2: It's 10 AM Eastern time.
1: Oh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Okay, yes. Um, And we'll give you the information on how you can watch that or be part of the Community for Conscious Living as we go along here. But, Deborah, you have a program called Food, Weight, and Feminine Power that is soon to be a book. And what inspired this particular body of work?
2: Uh, That is, I mean, this is actually a body of work that combines everything that's near and dear to my heart. Our relationship with food our relationship with our bodies our relationship with health and our opportunities for healing and really spiritual transformation and evolution and of course evolution of the consciousness of humanity and the planet you know living sustainably with the earth it combines all of that into one body of work but i came from a background where you know i had some of those health challenges that I was told I had ulcerative colitis, I had fibrocystic disease, I had hypoglycemia. And I was told in, you know, in my 20s, this all came on in my 20s. And I was told that those were diseases that you just live with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, I was given prescriptions, I was given uh, a regimen of never eat fiber again, you know, those kind of things, because it, you know, it, it irritates the colon. And all kinds of stuff that I just felt, you know, I, I started going along with it. And then one day it just and I, I just woke up like, wait a minute, this is a death sentence. I'm not going to do this. And so mm-hmm. I started seeking other ways. Um, bottom line is that led me to incredible healing. They've been healed for, you know, 30 years now, wow. and I'm living a healthful life and a life better than I ever imagined I could have lived. I started working with mostly women who struggle with their challenges with food, with their bodies, with their health, with their digestion and um you know and really being able to live in a way that supports our our um digestive health and really what I discovered was a uh as most of us have some level of disconnect with our bodies. Mm-hmm. And I was hearing a certain number of, you know, like getting into the healing with people in both individuals and in groups. I had some group program programs going. And what was really coming up was there were some really deep subconscious voices that people were holding. And that was really impacting their ability to connect with themselves, to listen to their bodies, to choose foods and eating habits right? It's not just about the food, it's about the eating habits, how much we eat, when we eat, how we, you know, how we feed ourselves. And it was all really tied to some deep stuff. And it actually, it, it boiled down to, or I narrowed it down to five voices that, um, did not mean to raise the hand there. Um, it boiled down to five voices that were, um, common that were coming up for people Mm
1: -hmm. when you say voices tell me what you what you mean by that
2: yeah thank you five inner voices subconscious beliefs that were Mm -hmm. operating that we uncover. it's like the little thing that whispers in your ear that you might not even hear Mm -hmm. but you react to it right it's kind of this belief and what i found and of course i was working with people at that time probably you know 30s, 40s, 50s women, but on up to 70s, 80s even. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so I was working with with people and what it boiled down to, voice number one or subconscious belief number one. Okay. (laughs) That's a, a more common term. Subconscious belief number one was that, you know, an attractive body is not safe. Like in other words, if I get to a place where, you know, I'm really connected with my body and I really like start looking good and are feeling good in my body, mm-hmm. that I won't be safe, that it will attract attention to myself that I don't want. That was the first voice that I list in the book we talk about. Okay. The second one was, but if I start like feeling my vitality again, and start feeling my you know sensuality my sexuality and all of that then i don't trust what i might do because uh. in my past you know and i i i may be the only one myself and my own my uh group here but you know, actually i believe it's a um fairly common voice mm-hmm. or subconscious mm-hmm. belief pattern right operating in internal internal operating programming that says I don't know, like, I don't want to be that person I was back when I was in my prime and I felt, you know, like I was, I was it, <laughs> right? yeah, I was hot stuff. I don't want to be that person again, because I don't like some of the things I did. I'm still carrying shame around that. I'm still carrying, you know, guilt and, and, and that I don't want that person coming back. So, you know, that, so the, the subconscious saboteur comes out and says, let me just sabotage the whole thing. Right. The third voice was um, it's I'm going to just check my notes. Oh, yeah. When I feel more feminine, I feel a sense of shame. Because when we feel that, you know, sexuality, we have we're so out of balance in our world. Yeah, in terms of feminine, masculine are, you know, what's expected of us, you know, what we believe is expected of us. Because we're just programmed, we're so programmed to believe that, you know, hey, the women are supposed to look sexy, be sexy, dress this way, act this way. And then, you know, when you like try to respond to this cultural, societal programming, then like it doesn't always feel good. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel like we're really honoring ourselves and being true to ourselves,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? And so I understand so, that. Yeah, that doesn't feel good. So that was a third subconscious belief. The fourth one is that you know, just like old wounding starts mm. resurfacing, right? As we start like connecting with our bodies, as we shed weight, those kind of things, and that old wounding comes up. And you need and want that that um you you want to self-soothe. And food is one of the ways where we for, for very good reasons, we soothe ourselves with foods. Mm-hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. the the fifth voice, I'll just say that one is about really just needing something to hold on to, needing to feel Mm -hmm. grounded, needing to feel connected to the earth, needing to feel that sense of safety. Really, all these voices come from a sense of not feeling safe in a female body. Right. Because Mm -hmm. our feminine power. just culturally has been stripped Mm -hmm. And we're told, well, if you want to be a powerful, beautiful female, you need to be like this. Yeah. But when we try to be like that, it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And, of course, if we bring harm to ourselves, then we're shamed. And, you know, it's like, it's your fault. Yeah. Right? You notice I said we bring harm to ourselves, right? So we put ourselves out there if harm comes to us.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? We're not really bringing it to ourselves necessarily, right? If it comes to us, though, we're blamed, we're and we're shamed. So it, and then we, you know. I'll just it's say a word a about. You know I would
1: call this a conundrum.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, and this is, you know, it's what's called the double bind, the societal double bind, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. some call it the virgin whore dichotomy, right? It's yeah. like you're you're expected to put yourself out there, but if you do, it's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't exactly because if you do and then you know then you're you're called names you're called you know you're slut shamed you're everything else and honestly neither one of those is true to who we are so so it just you know and if you yeah go ahead
1: yeah i'm sorry um i have a note here um um it says i've heard those voices abuse as uh, younger had me hiding in my body, and she says, "Bless you for bringing this out." So I, I think a lot of women, uh, as you were talking, um, as you were giving the five, and I was writing them down, I'm like, "Yep, mm-hmm, I can relate to that." Yeah, uh huh. I that's check off number two, check off number three, old wounds. Hello, you know, I get, I get it, I get it. So, all that being said. Um and a lot of them you say are deeply self-conscious, right? So i um, subconscious, not Conscious, self-conscious yes. self-conscious and subconscious.
2: Self-conscious too, you know? Right.
1: So um we might not become aware of them and that they are driving our behaviors. So where where do these beliefs come from and how, my friend, do you bring them to the surface so that
2: they can be dealt with? Yeah, yes. So awareness is, you know, the first step of healing anything, but let me go to where they come from, excuse me, because, you know, it's, I mean, we can look at them from every level, just as, as spiritual beings. I know that, you know, you, um, are a deeply spiritual person, just spiritually. If we think of ourselves as, you know, spiritual beings in a physical body, Mm -hmm. right? We're here. To, um, to, to, in some sense, we come in as these beautiful beings of light, every child you see comes into this world as this beautiful being of light. And then we, you know, we we start to grow in this world. And we're here to experience certain things, mm-hmm. you know, and we're given this thing called free will, in order to use our free will and experience this life we have to forget the pure divine will and the pure light that we are because otherwise we'd never want to do the things that we do right but we're here to learn certain things and we're you know in a sense we we have to disconnect from ourselves and we test the boundaries of nature of what we can get away with you know and still like get through this world there's so you know there's on the spiritual level we have that whole process of disconnecting from self and then returning to self you mm-hmm. know there's that whole process there so that's one source of it and food is one of the main opportunities that we have right to, to like put our um our my light just went out there put our 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 faith in or our needs get our needs met from food when we're disconnected from ourself and what our true needs are yeah so we've got the spiritual you know and we've got cultural we're brainwashed on <laughs> because we don't live according to nature mm. we're so you know we're very disconnected from nature so you know we we look for uh charts to tell us what we're supposed to eat when we're supposed to eat, how much of this food, how much of that food and, you know, and there's a reason that diets don't work. Yeah, because they're not typically leading us to be connected with ourselves. They're typically leading us to to follow something rather than listen to our own bodies.
1: You know, that's such a it's it's such a great point, Deborah, because I think, you know, especially in this day and age. and. Okay. So we we just started a new year a month ago. Okay. And what's one of the number one resolutions, if you will, that people make, I'm going to lose weight. Oh, what plan are you going to go on? Oh, I'm going to go on keto. I'm going to go on paleo. I'm going to go on Weight Watchers. I'm going to go on this. I'm going to go on that. There's so many different things that people think they have the solution to um, having a, a fit, healthy body. And in the meanwhile- you know, people like me are like, seriously? <laughs> who's tried, who's done everything, tried everything. And, and I, and everything that you're saying makes absolute sense to me. So, how does one um, really get in touch with their body and the foods that are good for the body, keeping in mind, you know, the cultural, the cultural things. I grew up in an Italian household, pasta and, and cheese and sauce are, you know, are part of my, my, of who I am because it's what I've, I've always been exposed to. How do you, how do you break? I'm going to ask the question. This is how do you break those chains? (laughs)
2: <laughs> exactly yeah I can relate Teresa I grew up my mother was Italian a fabulous cook my father a third generation French baker who had a bakery and I grew up working in his bakery bakery he mm. still likes to bake
1: and <laughs> I'm back here awesome. I get
2: to relive my whole childhood as I'm like trying to finish this <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah I mean it's, it's challenging um, but we do have to Um, you know, one of the, 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 I think main questions that we can learn to ask ourselves is what am I feeding? Mm, um. Who am I feeding? Like when we feel ourselves like, okay, am I even hungry? And if I'm not hungry, who and what am I feeding? Mm and you know a lot of times it you'll say oh i'm feeding my mind's idea of like oh it's this time of day it's this event it's this that i'm supposed to do these things have these things eat these things and you know here's what my plate's supposed to look like right Mm -hmm. is that coming from feeding my body or following some plan as you said right Mm -hmm. um and so it's there's that question of asking yourself, what are you feeding, but there's also that really taking that time to get to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Are you, you know, can you be, and this is really, I think, just a practice that we can develop to spend the time and take the time to know ourselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And in the world we live in, that is so fast paced and, you know, so much to look at and so many distractions going on. All you have to do is turn on the television and see how many channels are on on TV or see who's saying what on the news or, you know, whatever. There's so, so, so much to distract us. When we come back from the break, I'm going to ask you, how do we shut off the noise and get into get, get into what we're talking about here and taking care of ourselves.
3: We'll be right back. With the hustle and bustle of today's world, how often do you take time to practice gratitude? More importantly, how can you make it a habit? The Grateful Hearts community is a group of like-minded people focusing on what's going right and being grateful. Gratitude is more than putting a smile on your face and being thankful for the roof over your head. It's about expanding your perception and finding ways to find gratitude for, in, and through the challenges we face every day. Gratitude is a feeling of connection to things higher than yourself. To God and to others, we focus on light, positivity, and connections. You make a difference. When we join our Grateful Hearts together, the power of community attracts more people and even more to be grateful for. Expressing gratitude and feeling grateful is infectious, so let's share it. Join our Grateful Hearts community and watch your blessings blossom. Learn more at gratefulheartscommunity.com and join the community at facebook.com slash thegratefulheartscommunity.
0: Are miracles real? Can you move from mayhem to miracles? 30 prominent authors say yes, as they share their high fives and down lows of challenges, abuse, addiction, and love. Experience hope, the magic elixir of miracles, through the personal stories of New York Times best-selling authors, James Redfield, Dr. Bernie Siegel, Sister Jenna, Reverend Temple Hayes, and many more. If you like bestsellers, chaos to clarity and crappy to happy, you'll love crying and laughing through mayhem to miracles, sacred stories of transformational hope available now on Amazon and in bookstores worldwide. Did you know that every word you speak matters what you say and how you say it can make or break a relationship or shift the outcome of any situation. Are your conversations making a difference? faith in God, gratitude, authenticity, and giving are Teresa Velarde's heart. It's in this spirit that she's focused on making a difference in the lives she's blessed to touch. Conversations that make a difference is now on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network every Tuesday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern time with live call-in shows every first and third Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern.
1: Maybe you have some connection to that statement.
2: <laughs> I definitely do. I definitely do. Yeah. yeah
1: so we're back here with uh, Deborah Grenard and we're talking about food, weight, and feminine power, which is soon to be a book that um, Deborah is releasing uh, very soon. So uh, you know, we one of the things that I want to ask you is um, let's in relation to what we just said, like how can we slow down enough to be able to pay attention to ourselves you know i have quiet time in the morning i i i uh, journal my gratitude i uh, maybe read some scripture maybe read something inspirational start my day off that way with a cup of tea or whatever with a grateful heart right <laughs> and um and that's how i start my day and if i don't make sure that I stay in that space of consciousness, if you will, and gratitude, I can run away with whatever it is that's before me on the screen as I'm working. Or if I, I can, I I easily can like get out of the chair and run to the refrigerator. So how do we let uh, get into a space where we can, be more conscious and and start to shut off those things that are subconsciously driving us
2: yeah you bring up something that's really important and that's having a daily practice and you know um just as we as we said earlier awareness is the very first step of healing Mm -hmm. would you mind if i back up just a little bit because there was a comment earlier about trauma about, I believe it's childhood trauma that was mentioned and the effect and impact that that has. That is really a key component of the book and of what the book is dealing with. And so I I didn't really want, I I really don't want to leave that out. The trauma, as there's, you know, big capital T traumas and little t traumas that we experience all through life. And, you know, as Gabor Mate says, there's, Trauma is that which separates us from ourselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: When we're dealing with the feminine and feminine shame, females feeling unsafe in the body, sexual trauma is a really big, huge factor, right? All adverse childhood experiences. There was a study called the ACE study that was done, that the ACES study that was done that that. Boy, I can't remember how many people, but it's a very large number of people that were surveyed about their childhood experiences. And and they were tracked over a long period of time, right? One in six people, adults that took the um, survey had at least four pretty, you know, traumatic adverse childhood experiences. And it is shown by the, uh, I think it's the National Eating Disorders, um, uh, association that that unresolved trauma, PTSD, those kind of things can, are very important factor in perpetuating our um, symptoms of eating disorders, including binge eating and compulsive eating, mm.
3: you know,
2: and um, in much the same way that uh, abuse of certain substances, is used to self-medicate to self-soothe binge eating or you know um uh our eating disorders or compulsive eating are very um, i mean it's just a natural instinct to want to connect with that mm-hmm. you know food is something that from you know when we were in the womb we're surrounded in this fluid and we're fed through an umbilical cord And, you know, we're nourished once that umbilical cord is cut, we're here to like seek out and find how are we going to get our needs met when trauma, you know, but we're, we're ideally, you know, we're held, we're taken to the breast, we're soothed, we're nurtured, we're like, there's a sense of connection through food, a sense of safety, a sense sense of, of, um, nourishment, a sense of nurturing. All of that is tied together from the time that we're in the womb to the time that we're an infant and we're held and fed. And when we experience those traumatic experiences that separate us from ourselves, it separates us from that sense of connection, that sense of safety, that sense of nurturing and nourishment, Mm -hmm. right? And then that whole sense of, wow, do we have enough? Are we, you know, that enoughness? And all of that gets intertwined in with our connection with food as we're disconnected from our bodies and our sense of self. So, you know, I just wanted to to bring that in how that, that really manifests through our relationship with food and our relationship with our bodies and our connection with that true knowing self. Um, You know, and and in terms of statistics, one in uh, according to CDC, Over half of women have experienced sexual violence, which includes physical contact in their lifetime. So that's over half and four out of five rape victims are raped before the age of 25 and half of those when they're minors, you know, there's our abuse of women and, you know, intimate, including intimate partner violence and childhood um, abuse is really high yeah and yeah. you know, and then, on top of it, when we're told what we're supposed to be as women, that really, I think you know, when we try to be that, that sense of feeling not safe, feeling the shame come up, feeling all of those kind of things really intensifies, especially for um you know, people who have experienced trauma
1: mm-hmm.
2: so the healing i I don't want to like cut you off if there's something well, you go say. ahead. I'm just it's absorbing. A yeah, yeah, because the healing is really it's it's healing the traumas, the big T traumas and the little T traumas and returning to our connection with self and in the book I actually I outline the care for connection process chapter by chapter.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: you know, the the first step of the care for connection process. I mean, it has that name <laughs> for, for one of the steps, but the first step is that awareness. Bringing awareness to yourself, taking mm-hmm. that time to be in a a practice of knowing yourself and mm-hmm. really listening to yourself, understanding yourself. Because when we understand that our experiences that you know as uh, Maya Angelou says that you cannot control the things that happen to your you in your life, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. Oh my Once word! Understand. Once we understand that the things that happen to us in our lives, you know, the act goes to the actor. If you have been abused, you know, it's like we develop patterns, we develop ways of thinking, we develop self blame and shame that we carry. But especially that childhood abuse, it's not your fault. Yeah. And yet we carry it as if. So when you understand and start to learn the body's natural responses to trauma, it's textbook, right? Our experiences are different, how we process it is different, but our our neurological responses are pretty much textbook and they're outlined and you can read it in a book mm-hmm. and you can say, oh, wow, yeah, that's just my body's way of trying to keep me safe in a situation where I felt very unsafe. Then a lot of of discernment about what's real and what's not real, what's yours and what's not yours can come in. That's the second step of the healing process. So first is awareness, then is discernment. And after that is acceptance. Like, wow, okay, maybe I'm not such a bad person after all. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe this is just my body's way of keeping me safe. Maybe this is a natural reaction to something I had no control over. Mm -hmm. Right, Even the things I did have control over, I'm gonna speak for myself here for a minute as a, a girl who you know grew up and was a, a teenager in the in the 70s, you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the sex drugs and rock and roll era, you know, I I carried a lot of, of self-blame, shame, guilt for all of the things that I did mm-hmm. and that time. And yet, Part of it was, okay, I was responding to the culture I was living through. Another part of that is I took it over the top because of my childhood experiences. And, you know, once I connected all of the dots, it's like everything just opened up and got so clear and unraveled. And I was like, oh, oh, everything tied back to a, you know, abuse that I experienced when I was four years old. Wow. Wow and everything was connected and it's like oh all of a sudden you see clearly and you know it's like you can really begin to heal to be present with yourself to listen and then start what I call the journey to the center of yourself which is like really finding who are you yeah taking that time to know yourself who are you
1: yeah and most of us don't know most of us really don't know. We just go through life day to day, like, you know, answering the door, picking up the phone, doing the stuff that we do um, <clears throat> without even thinking. And and, and I can see uh, what you say makes so much sense. And, you know, the second part of our conversation, besides the, when we when we put this out there, besides the food, weight and feminine power was taking time to know yourself. And, you know, you said something, when you finally connect the dots, and you finally get to you know the the bottom of it, if you will, um, mm-hmm. then everything changes. Yeah. But I'm guessing that we can't do that unless we actually consciously make the effort to do that. How do we break free from this um double bind, if you will, and, yeah. and, and begin to heal?
2: Yeah, yeah. So good question. Because that double bind, if you really look at that, it's like that's what it's it's you know, when we talk about the virgin whore dichotomy to kind of mm. put it at its extremes. You know, it's neither one of those is true to who we are, but when we're trying to to like meet that, it's like we're ping ponging back and forth, right? We're ping ponging back and forth between one extreme and another, trying to trying to fit in, trying to be accepted, trying to to be loved, trying to, you know, find our way in the world. When we recognize that we're in a in a ping pong game it also helps us to realize what we're not you know and when you can just number one accept that you're not broken you're just on a journey accept that those traumas that happen to you in your life are not the end of your story it's it's you know your story is still being written and you have a, an opportunity to continue writing what's what's the next chapter, what's still unfolding for you in your life, mm-hmm. right? And um, that journey to the center of yourself that I, I mentioned, right? So, you know, first is awareness, then is discernment, then is is that acceptance of who you are and you're on a journey and your life is still being written. If you recognize then that journey to the center of yourself is really, there's, there's a step-by-step process with that because underneath our beliefs that we carry feelings, and we tend to shove our feelings down underneath what we're feeling is just basic human needs. And if we recognize that, wait a minute, these feelings are coming up because there are some basic human needs within me that are not being met. And we can be present with that and say, "What are those needs? Basic needs. Not that I need you to be different so that I can be happy, but what is it within myself that I'm really needing?"
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, that can really take us into a deep healing, where then we can like follow follow that pathway to really know who we are. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're we're put here as, as I said first to disconnect from ourselves, but then to follow that pathway back to really know who we are. And underneath, as my, I studied with a spiritual teacher who used to say, go behind and behind and behind and behind and behind until you find the truth. Don't stop with your outside pictures and voices. Go behind and behind and behind and behind until you find the truth. The truth is you are that, that spark that was born, that carried that beautiful light. You're that connected being that is whole and complete and vibrant mm-hmm. and full of, of love and joy and and um and connected and you have that knowing still within you fully intact within you and it's there waiting to be rediscovered and so it is possible to like deprogram ourselves if you will because there's a, a saying I heard that you know beliefs can be changed by the truth and when it comes to doing the deep inner work right when we discover more and more of the truth within ourselves and we connect with it there is you have an inner compass that is designed to know Mm -hmm. when you're on when you're on track and -hmm. it will like once you start to really feel that it will guide you further and further in right and it helps to have guidance it helps to have support because some of the things we find along the way you know we don't have to relive all of our traumas but sometimes that's you know they come up so it Mm -hmm. helps to have that guidance and support
1: yeah, and that's one of the things that <laughs> I just got a text again. It's um it's weird, but sometimes out of the blue comes a memory for a quick vision of a troubled time from my past and Any suggestions on how to purge those demons from appearing? And before we answer that question, Deborah, I'm going to let you sit with that for just a minute, if you would, because we have to go to our second break. I can't believe this hour is flying by. Um, And we'll be right back with Deborah Grenard and our conversation about food, weight, and feminine power and taking time to know yourself. I think that these two conversations are huge and will continue when we come back.
3: In order to be healthy and happy, there are 24 areas of your life to balance. With the All Things Wellness Wheel, you become self-empowered, allowing you to make healthier decisions about relationships, nutrition, sleep, exercise, stress, and even your value system. The All Things Wellness book series, written by Peggy Wilms and Dr. Marcus Vetstein, teaches you how to balance your wellness wheel in addition to sharing true stories from multiple contributing authors. Book 1: The Fourfold Formula and Book 2: Win the Wellness War. We are responsible are now available on Amazon. Reserve your spot now to become a published author in Book 3: Wellness GPS Get Prepared for Success. Visit www.allthingswellness.com/authors for more information.
4: Why are we here? How can we be happy? Questions asked from millennials to boomers, crappy to happy, sacred stories of transformational joy answers them using true stories of grit, grace, and love. James Redfield, author of The Celestine Prophecy, wrote in the foreword, This book is a seminar about emerging truths and offers grounded solutions through the art of the comeback. Dr. Bernie Siegel, a contributing author, wrote, Bodies die, but spirits and consciousness survive and recycle. So grab some tissues, open your book, and prepare to cry and laugh till it heals. Crappy to Happy by Reverend Ariel Patricia and Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. Available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and booksellers worldwide. Do you have a personal story of hope or kindness to share? The Daily Gift book series, which began with a Daily Gift of Gratitude, now available on Amazon, continues with a Daily Gift of Hope and a Daily Gift of Kindness. And we're looking for people just like you to share a story. Your Daily Gift of Hope story might answer one of these questions. Is there a time when you felt hopeless and someone stepped in to change your view? Have you been an example of hope for someone else? Is hope something that you've always had? If so, how do you keep that hope alive? with hope we have more energy and a purpose it gets us out of bed in the morning daily gift of kindness might be your chance to talk about recognizing and spreading kindness to change the world Practicing kindness lifts your spirit and your mood, warms your heart, and helps to navigate your way through today's challenges. Has an act of kindness from a stranger turned your day around? Have you ever paid it forward to someone or for someone? Your story matters. So visit dailygiftbookseries.com to find out more about how to submit your story for a daily gift of hope and a daily gift of kindness. Your stories make a difference.
1: This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. And we're back with Deborah Gennard. I just want to say before we continue on our conversation and answer that question before the break. Daily Gift of Gratitude and Daily Gift of Hope are both available on Amazon.com. We are looking for stories for a daily gift of kindness. And so if you have one that you'd like to contribute, you can go to daily gift, of, daily gift book series for information. So, Deborah, And I, I know that somewhere along the line, you will contribute a story to one of these.
2: Yes, I'm already thinking of one for kindness. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So. um. How do you, uh, the question again, it's weird, but sometimes out of the blue comes a memory or a quick vision of a troubled time from my past. Suggestions, do you have any to purge these demons, if you will, from appearing?
2: Yes. Yes, I hear you. And, you know, one of the things we said, what was that? Um, the memories are too painful. I can't face them. I need to self-soothe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that it may seem like a challenge, if we can change perspective on them from being demons to being like, you know, a memory from your past, if you've had trauma, if you've had, you know, those things, like I said, we don't have to relive the trauma to heal it. Mm -hmm. But until we heal it, it's still lives inside of us Mm -hmm. and sometimes those flashes come to remind us that hey there's still a pathway to get back home like Mm -hmm. if you're still like there's a place you're still avoiding there's a place that you're thinking ah there's a a difficult time a troubled time A, a place where i disconnected from myself it feels like a demon, but maybe we could reframe it and say, oh, there's a flashing neon sign coming up saying, hey, there's an opportunity for healing here. There's an opportunity to bring love to your inner child. There's an opportunity to, you know, find a way to self-soothe without using food mm-hmm. by really doing the deeper healing. And maybe you're not using food. Maybe, you know, it's just coming up. Um, but it's it's still saying You know, if we can perhaps, you know, and I don't want to downplay anybody's experience by any means, because there's some really difficult things. But instead, if we could say, okay, I see you. You're telling me that you're still there. And there's a part of me that needs love, that needs connection, that needs um, to feel uh, okay. Right? And that's where the, the healing process can really come in and help you to um, just bring some healing to that place.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that um, <clears throat> I totally hear what you're saying. And I, t- I also, um, I relate to to the question, you know, so many times without someone like yourself who has some information that can help people to um to have a different perspective you know i i often when you were saying opportunities i there's a i don't i don't know whether it's um japanese chinese as some one of the asian symbols when you look at it you can read it either as Obstacle or opportunity. Mm -hmm. So we have to fall on the opportunity side of the conversation to heal rather than getting stuck in the mud in the obstacle, correct? Yeah,
2: yeah. Suggestions. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Suggestions, you know, um, it's that, I, I think it goes back to really Embracing yourself with love,
1: get to know yourself.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. With love and compassion. And you know, when you think about it, sometimes I like to think about, all right, if this were happening to someone else that I knew, like, you know, when I think about the things that happened to my child, how would I be with that person? Yeah. If I've met a child that had been through a, a, a period of abuse, how would I want to be with that child? what would i think Would i think oh shame on you would i think oh you're you're bad oh you're you know like go hide yourself because you're not worthy of being seen you need to go hide of course not but that's what we carry inside of ourselves Mm. right Mm, i need to hide right and perhaps we were hiding at one point to keep ourselves safe Uh so you know we can't beat ourselves up for hiding either because that was what we needed to be safe but if you were to now meet that person from where you are today and say, Hey, wait, you don't have to hide anymore. Yeah. I see you. I get you. I feel you. And baby, you are worthy of love and let me help you. Uh Right. We we would do that for a child if we saw that child today. And now it's an opportunity to do that for ourselves. Right. Might not be as easy, easier said than done, but it is. I mean, does it not make sense, right? I mean, it's it's what we need. There's a part of us that's still inside, still trapped, still hiding, still hovering ourselves over and saying, see me, but don't see me. Mm-hmm. Help me, but don't touch me. You know, it's like that. that is going on inside of us. Mm-hmm. What if we can reach inside of ourselves and say, hey, you know what? Number one, we made it through. And I still see your beautiful, brilliant self and you are worthy of love. You are worthy of honor. You're worthy of respect. Let me hold you. Mm. Let me be with you. Yeah. Let me help you find your love and truth of who you are.
1: Mm. Yeah. I have no words. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. happen very often, Deborah. but I have no words. <laughs> I, I totally, totally um, hear what you're saying. And I'm sure that when the book comes out, you're going to have some, a lot of information to help people to live through um, some of the experiences without, um, all of the things that we are using to cope now. I uh, I say we, myself included, because, I mean, obviously, I need this conversation just as much as anybody else does. So, um, when when do you uh, anticipate the launch of the book? Do you have any idea yet?
2: Okay, Teresa, you help people write their books and publish their books, right? Yes. Okay. So I started this book actually before I moved in with my dad. So it's been there seven years ago. I've been going back through it because it's like, okay, wait a minute. It's still relevant. A lot's changed in this time frame with the me too movement and, you know, and all of these things that, that, um, that have happened. Yeah. So I'm kind of going through and tweaking. I got to the very last chapter. I mean, it's written, but I still tweaking the last chapter mm-hmm. and I hit a like Oh my God, I can't put this out. So as soon as I take a couple of breaths and finish that last chapter, it's to the publisher. And then she, yeah. she said, she did not think they need much time. It's to so the editor, excuse me, editor and publisher. So, yeah. you know, hopefully within the next, within the next few months.
1: That's good because here you, you, um you have a big vision for this book. I know that you do. And for the impact the book will make and so, why? and I know that you feel it's important now, otherwise, you wouldn't be taking something that started seven years ago and bringing it to fruition now for women, Yes, but also, why do you think it's important for the world that we're living in today?
2: You know, it it is of utmost important in the world. We're shifting, right? we're there's so much in our world that's changing right now, mm-hmm. and we're also really getting to a a critical pivotal pivotal time in our you know the health of our planet and the health of our humanity and you know it's there's a Native American proverb that says it's a, a Cherokee proverb it says the highest calling of a woman and I'm I'm gonna put this in uh in terms of the feminine and masculine when it comes to healing the inner feminine inner masculine and the harmony and balance of those the highest calling of the feminine is of the female is to lead a man to his soul so as to unite him with source reunite him with source the highest calling of the male or the masculine is to protect the female so she is free to walk the earth unharmed the feminine being that state of being that is really that place where we go to reconnect, to come to know ourselves, to do our meditation. You know, we sit in that state of being, we disconnect from the doing. The masculine is that that doing. We need to bring, like, we need to bring our, our masculine dominant world that is all about doing, that is very disconnected from the planet and disconnected from self right that is a masculine dominant world that we've been living in we've got to rise up and really embody the truth of the feminine
3: mm-hmm.
2: of what the feminine is what it was it's not ping-ponging in that societal double bind right. We really yeah. need to rise up in the truth of the feminine what it is in its strength in its power in its beauty in its its worthiness in order to help that masculine dominant culture to return to return to self to reconnect with source and to live in harmony with ourselves with our source and with the planet in order to have to, to like make it through this cultural evolution and as you know as you you said one of my big passions is about living sustainably with the planet and you know in so, the environment and if we want to survive i believe we've got to make that shift Mm-hmm. We've got to bring that together. and it it really starts with the rise in the feminine to bring the masculine back and create that balance and find that connection and unity in our connection with source, yeah.
1: You bring so much, Deborah, so much wisdom, so much knowledge, so much um <clears throat> I'm sure, research and time invested in the work that you do and the message that you bring. And I'm just grateful. That you have, um, you have come to the show to share about it, on your Sunday show. Do you continue to teach on this, or as uh, your Sunday, um, it's. Uh, okay, so it says, uh, this says is it a service a Sunday church like is this church like service and how do you how do I find your service so that's the last thing we're going to have here we have uh, a minute left. So how can people connect with you and tell us about how people can be part of your community and get to that Sunday call.
2: Yeah. Sunday call community for conscious living.com community for conscious living.com join the community and you'll get reminders and replays about the, the service it's free. You don't even have to subscribe, but you'll get the reminders and the replays. If you do, you can join us live on Sundays. The replays are on my blog. They are healing meditations. So there's always a specific topic and the topics are, you know, and the process is healing. It is healing. It's transformation. It's reconnecting to ourselves. It is all about returning to ourselves, getting to know ourselves, that whole thing. Sometimes it's about food. Sometimes it's about relationships. Sometimes it's about, you know, just the the topics vary, but they're all very much connected. And it's all about healing, reconnecting with self, with source, with planet, and living sustainably and peacefully and wholly, God willing.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Deborah, for being part of conversations that make a difference. If people want to get in touch with you directly, do they go to the website also to, for that? Yes,
2: yes, go to the website. And, you know, there's a place where you can, uh, you can contact me through email on the contact page. If you want to have a consultation, you can sign up for a free 30 minute consultation. Please join our Sunday Meditation and Healing Circle Um community for, con- you know, this, if you click the join the community, you'll also, and I know you're going to want to know when the book comes out, right? <laughs> so yes, yes. Uh, you, I'll keep you updated on the progress of the book and when that's coming out, if you'll, because joining the community will put you on our email list. And uh, I don't overdo with the emails, but you do get notified about the weekly events and the replays. And of course, I'll I'll put the information about when the book comes out there too.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for being part of conversations that make a difference today. You have brought a lot of things for people to think about. And I know that a lot of people will reach out to you. So thank you so much. My hope for every one of you that is listening is that you've taken something away from this conversation that will help you in your day to day life. And that the conversations that you are having with others are making a difference, not only for yourself, but for them as well. So until next time. We'll see you once again on Conversations That Make a Difference. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks,
3: Deborah.
2: Thank you, Teresa.
0: Tune in next time for Conversations That Make a Difference with host Teresa Bilardi every Tuesday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern with live call-in shows every first and third Tuesday on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Thank you for listening. And thank you to our producer, Rachel, and to our station owner, Deborah Beauvais, working behind the scenes. Be sure to go to ConversationsThatMakeADifference.com for your free gift. Make sure your conversations make a difference.